With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Indiana. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red versus Blue High Stakes Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, and as always, joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, Louisville is now in the ACC, or will be. They just won a BCS game, uh, and they're still one of the top-ranked teams in the country in basketball. How are things going for UK? Things are going really well, man. We just got it. We just got a new football coach. Uh, we got a young, uh, young basketball team that just got whooped, totally whooped by Notre Dame, and which they needed that. And they're going to play uh, Saturday against Baylor, which they might get totally 
whoop my Baylor. But, uh, you know, I, I love to talk. I love the coach speak and things like that, uh, especially when it's November 30th. Uh, talk to me on March 30th. 347-324-5404 is the number. This is Red versus Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. We stream live on iTunes. We also stream live on the Fantasy Sports Channel, FSC.FM, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mark Ronick and the guys, Greg Kellogg, they are all bringing you the uh, Fantasy Sports Channel 24 hours. Uh, it's incredible uh, how much fantasy has just exploded on the scene over the last few years here. So we're just happy to be a part of it. Uh, again, we have uh, the inbox at red, the red blue radio at gmail.com, now sponsored by OCFiat.com. And then also we have the crew here, the chat room here at Red vs. Blue, now sponsored by FFToolbox.com. Go there for 12 years. Free fantasy sports information. Uh, everything you could possibly think of, you can get all in one place, all for free. Mike, we have a great guest this evening, Corey Gardner, Vanguard, who leads the Fantasy Football World Championship. He'll be with us tonight. He has one week to go this weekend until he has uh, the, the overall point leader will win a brand new car. Uh, pretty cool prize for the 13-week regular season. And then we're going to talk about the FFPC, the Kentucky Fantasy Football Championship, and the National Fantasy Football Championship, all of the high-stakes leagues in the pro circuit of fantasy sports we will talk about tonight. Mike, what do you have going on this weekend? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh... I don't have a lot, and I'll tell you why, and I'm going to just go ahead and uh, throw it out there for you, Scott. Um, I'm not in a 13-week season. So, you know, I I would like to, you know, just throw it out real quick. Uh, The hot topic uh, all across the boards, uh, it's been, uh, whether it's NFFC, FFPC, or FFWC, or MJT, (laughs) I mean, it, it's just become a, quite a hot topic of the, is it 11-week or 13-week season for uh, fantasy football? Uh, you know, last year I didn't think anything about it because I was lucky enough to be able to uh, be in the playoffs, uh, you know, move forward after right. the 12th, 12th week. And uh, But uh, this year it, it kind of kind of had, had an empty, uh, empty feeling in my stomach. But uh, – you know, so I mean, do you feel good about it? Uh, you know, I mean, so many, so so many things are uh, weighed in. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's just it's a tough it's a tough thing to tackle. It is, Mike. Uh, I don't think it's really all that tough, but uh, I think uh, more bang for your buck is the answer there. The more product, if you have a 13 week regular season, you have more product, and that's the. Uh, that's the uh, the goal here is to enjoy. I just can't imagine being in, you know, it's Thanksgiving Day. You're sitting back eating turkey and, you know, enjoying the meal and the games are coming on and you don't have anything to play for in the biggest pro circuit in fantasy sports. So it's just, it's one of those things. Uh, we, we've, we've dealt with it for a while. I think changes should be made in the offseason. But let's talk about this year because this is what it's all about. The, the players that have won their head-to-head game, they've moved on, they're now – uh, in that championship game in the FFPC, FPC format, in the NFFC, in the the Fantasy Football World Championship, you don't play a head-to-head playoff, and that makes it uh, kind of an overall accomplishment of the league rather than a, a one-shot deal. So it does change the approach. Different contests, different strokes for different folks. That's what it's all about. And uh, we are excited to <clears throat> continue to move on. I've got an FPC team, Mike, that I like. It's 
It's uh, you know, I had waivers last night, and it's the last day for waivers in pretty much all the contests. You know, you can't have any pickups after this. So if you don't back up your kicker, if you don't back up your quarterback, you know, you're you're in trouble. Uh, if because I've seen it happen too many times. You know, I had a uh, last year, I think I had a New England's kicker, or two years ago, New England's kicker, and <clears throat> the fact was that the um, it was Goskowski, and then he got hurt. And I didn't have a backup kicker. And then so you're playing in the championship games, you know, without a kicker. You're at a disadvantage. You have to back up your kicker. Well, you know, I mean, that's something that you have to do at this point in time. Uh, There's so many leagues right now that uh, waivers can't even be processed. You can't even do that. But uh, if you can, uh, you know, absolutely. Go ahead and back that kicker up because uh, you don't want to – you don't want to give up those four or five points. I mean, that's – I mean, I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. That might mean a lot for those 10 or 12 points. Absolutely. It could mean uh, it could mean the difference between a win and a loss or $200,000, which we will be talking to Corey Gardner, our new points leader at the FFWC, so he'll be with us. Uh, in the FPC, I did have a couple of nice pickups. I picked up uh, David Wilson for the Giants for 10 bucks. I had $11 left. I put 10 of it on David Wilson. And I put a dollar on LaMichael James, Mike. Uh, that's another player we're going to talk about tonight just because of, uh, you know, look, at this point in the game, you, any any kind of little flyer you can get on the waiver wire is is um, something, a stash. You know, it's like C.J. Spiller came, you know, and really just dominated the scene in the playoffs last year. We're trying to figure out who that guy is going to be this year uh, in the playoffs. And so waivers are a big part of that. If somebody goes down, you know, a la a Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams, he's getting his another opportunity. What do you think he does with that? Let's let's go ahead and start right there with the Carolina game, Mike. It's not a real interesting game, but it has been a a year where you play anybody against the Kansas City Chiefs because they've just been so bad. And they are in Arrowhead this week. Carolina, Cam Newton looked like fantastic. It looked like he's back on track where he needs to be for fantasy owners, and that's that's huge heading into the playoffs because – there was a time where you weren't really ecstatic about Cam Newton this year. You were starting guys like Josh Freeman and Colin Kaepernick. Well, now seeing what that he rip, rips off the Superman shirt, I think it's time to clearly say that Cam Newton is back, solidified in all starting lineups this week. And D'Angelo Williams is a potential starter. What do you think? Well, you know what? I, I'll tell you what I think. Uh, is, is Ben Roethlisberger that big of a deal? Uh, I would say he is. Now, where I'm going with that is with Pittsburgh. Uh, Kansas City played with Pittsburgh every step of the way. Um, and, you know, can, can they do that with uh, Carolina? Uh, I believe they can. Uh, Carolina, they're starting to get into a groove, but are they really into a groove when Steve Smith only touches the ball three times in a game? I don't think so. There's going to be an issue in that game. Uh, I, I, really, I really see – I really see Carolina having a problem with Kansas City in this game, Scott, just for that reason. Cam Newton can be Cam Newton, but he has to find Steve Smith to be successful and to be uh, legitimate in this game. It's a good matchup for the passing and the rushing. My Brandon LaFell, seven, uh, seven targets, went three for 74 and a touchdown. Steve Smith, seven targets, four for 60. Greg Olson is involved, too, uh, four for 50 on five targets. Uh, and then we have a star boy. We've got to give a shout-out to Gary Barnage, who caught the touchdown. you got to, you got to give all the props to the Louisville guys here on this show. The generous pass uh, defense from the Chiefs oh, is on the menu for Cam Newton. They've coughed up 22 passing scores this year. I, I just see this as a as a good way to get Cam Newton onto a roll heading in and rewarding his owners 
uh, for drafting him. You had to take an, you had to spend an early pick on him. And then the running game, you know, look again, we know that uh, Chudnitsky, uh, the, it hasn't been what it need, what it can be, what we thought it was going to be. We thought it was going to be, you know, this, uh, this, this just running juggernaut, but it's just never developed into that. And they use Cam Newton so much that it, uh, it really has killed the value of any Panther running back. So I avoided him like the plague. Stewart, I think he's a, he's a cut candidate now at this point with, with the injury, and he wasn't hardly startable anyway. But, but D-Will might be able to have a pretty good game this week. I'm, I'm banking on about 80 yards and maybe a score if he's lucky. Maybe a score, okay. Well, let me ask you this, Scott. You know, I'm a gambling guy, and this uh, over and under is 40 and a half. Now, I'm really thinking seriously hard. Uh, now that you brought this game up and I started uh, doing some uh, little uh, groundwork here, uh, do you really see these two teams scoring 40 points? Oh, yeah, gosh. You know, I don't see the Chiefs score many at all. Again, it's one of those things. You know, I, I they, they haven't been a, an offense. They've been in shambles, you know, all year. And so not not many options there. I mean, maybe you can start a Dwayne Bow. Jamal Charles is somebody you have to keep in the lineup just because of the PPR. So uh, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm not uh, I'm not too excited about the game, but I, I do think it's nice to see Cam Newton getting things back on track. The game last night, that's what they're talking about at the chat room here. Uh, we, we had uh, we've got Rampo and Henry Muto and Road Warrior and Sports Fund. Thanks for being on the in in the chat room talking about this. Uh, Roddy White hurt teams. I'm sure a lot of players benched Lance Moore last night. And then our very own Quintoris Lopez-Jones, Mike, he did not come through for uh, anybody last night. Uh, Just a real average game. If you started Turner, you're happy. If you started Gonzalez, you're happy. And, uh, you know, Lance Moore had a big game. But other than that, that's about it. Yeah, it's kind of of weird, Scott. You know, you, you Look at this game thinking uh, the over and under is 50, 50 and a half, uh, and you're thinking, okay, Atlanta, New Orleans, okay, there's going to be some score now. If I have anybody on Atlanta or New Orleans, I'm going to – this is my time. This is my time. I'm going to start everybody I got when that's thinking, oh, you know, Drew Brees throws five, five picks and uh, does that was great. a touchdown, which – Stopped that uh, streak that he had, and it was kind of a weird game, and it just uh, didn't pan out the way uh, a lot of fans don't it to. No, it sure didn't. Uh, I, I'm just really disappointed with that effort from our Quintoris Lopez. You like a, you know his real name there. Jacksonville and Buffalo, the game first one queued up for us, Mike. It's a, it's so funny about this guy, running back Rashad Jennings. He's about to get his rare third chance to be the starting running back with the Jaguars this year. You know, he started the opening game in Minnesota because MJD had just returned from the holdout, but then Jennings suffered the knee injury, didn't return until the fourth game. Then he got a second chance to start again against Green Bay after Jones Drew suffered the foot injury in Oakland. And and then he was benched at Houston for Jalen Parmley, who's now got out with a groin injury. Now Malarkey says, you're back, baby. This is is the Jennings carousel show, man. Yeah, you know, it's it's getting to be kind of crazy uh, how the running backs and how things, uh, you know, go around. But, you know, I, I just don't think Jennings is going to be that much of a factor. The only reason I say that is because uh, if you're in a PPR league, uh, he may get one or two, but I don't see him getting that much. I don't. I just don't see him being that much of a factor. I don't see him, I don't see Jacksonville being that much of a factor. Uh, Buffalo. They need to make a statement, 
and they're, they're going to do it, and they're probably going to do it this week. So uh, I don't see my satisfaction doing this week. Well, I would start Jennings. I like that matchup, obviously, against Buffalo. Um, you have to. Everybody against the Bills, they're, 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 their path D is mediocre or subpar, but – uh, I just, I just, I just think that both both ways around here. I think that that the Chad Henney has made a difference for this uh, for this team and offensively. Cecil Short is a, is a must start every week. This guy is is really really good. I think you're going to see Cecil Shorts continue to elevate his game, and he's going to be look how high of a price next year. Let's let's put a prediction. I'm going to write it down right now. Where's my paper? Where I got it. All right, average draft position next year for Cecil Shorts in the main event leagues all across the landscape. What round do you think this guy's going to go in? I'm going to write it down right now. Okay, I got it. All right, I, I, I'm predicting that he's going to be a fourth-round draft pick. I just put them third. Oh, wow. Dude, where, yeah. how did, Cecil Shorts comes out of nowhere. Justin Blackman has the heralded career here in, in college, and you would think that it would be the Blackman show, but now – it's little Cecil Shorts, and, uh, you know, he's a legitimate uh, starting wide receiver in the National Football League now with Chad Henney. I, we don't know what's going on with the quarterback position. They may decide to go ahead and draft another quarterback. If they can't win any more games, they're going to be in contention to grab one of those stud quarterbacks coming in the class. So, But it's interesting to see that Shorts might be one of those guys that uh, is just, you know, drafted very highly next year in the main event. Scott, it's the evolution of the game. It's the evolution of the way things are going. It's so happy right now, and I, I about it on shows. But it's the evolution of the game has changed. Uh, the running back, they're not going to mean that much next year. It will be you'll be shocked at how many running backs will fall down the chart that you would normally take, uh, say in your first, second round. You won't take any more. I mean, it, it, it's it's changed that much. And that's the reason. Uh, I really don't like your running back, uh, uh, Jimmy. Uh, I mean, I don't like him that much against Buffalo. Even though Buffalo gives up the run, they're going to be behind. So, Cecil Shorts, I do love in that game. I absolutely love in that game. He's not really all that short, six foot. He does run a four or five forty. Played at Mount Union in college. So, you know, he did record. We need to find a good nickname for him. You know, I'm not Cecil. I'm not really, uh, you know, short or something. You know, Cecil Short's the third here. With, uh, it's, uh, he's a heck of a player, and I've got him several spots, and I've been starting him, and, and it's just one of those uh, one of those guys you almost kind of root for for some reason. He's just kind of the, the guy that comes out of nowhere. Another guy that comes out of nowhere is T.Y. Hilton, and we're going to go ahead and bring on Corey Gardner because T.Y. has been a big part of his success recently. Who would ever thought? that T.Y. Hilton would be starting on the, the leading team in the Fantasy Football World Championship coming into Week 13. Corey, welcome to Red vs. Blue, man. Glad to have you on. Well, uh, thanks for having me, Scott. Corey Gardner, uh, Team Vanguard. This is Michael Trent here on the show. We've been doing Red vs. Blue for uh, several years now, and it's always fun to bounce around the, the high-stakes fantasy landscape and, and get the players on the show. Tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from, what you do. Oh, well, Scott, I'm from uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, and um, I currently I, I'm an IT consultant. I, I work for the government, uh, so I, I, I need that fantasy football so uh, I can get that um, away time from from the IT world. And um, I have um, I'm married and have uh, four kids in the house, so we're definitely very busy. It's, uh, fantasy sports is another thing that gives me a nice outlet to to get away from uh, from all the hustle bustle of the household. 
you know, it works it works that way for me too, man. I mean, it's like it's you know, some people do their golf thing or some people do their poker nights with the buddies or whatever it is. You know, it's fantasy football kind of keeps you at home a little bit, except for the draft. You know, you're pretty much home throughout the year because right, you're right. sitting on you, you don't you if you're playing as many leagues as we do. I don't, I don't know how many you play in, but yeah, it keeps you busy in the night. So. Corey Gardner uh, from Hershey, Pennsylvania, IT consultant. So can you get through on the website in your government job? Will they let you actually be on fantasy sites at work? It's actually it's funny you brought that up. Um, I cannot access um, uh, the FFWC at all from work. There are some that I can access, but they are pretty stringent on what sites you're allowed on. So unfortunately, I have to do all my work um, outside of work as it pertains to fantasy football. Can't you go around that? Isn't there like some kind of IP thing that you – what do they call that when you, you go through a portal and then it hides it and masks it or something? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there is. I just haven't I haven't taken the time to go that far uh, to go for it. But I can always go – I can always also go on my iPhone and, and update if I have to as well. Well, the reason why Corey Gardner is with us, he is a high-stakes fantasy player at the pro circuit in the, uh, in the main event here at the FFWC. But – He's also the number one overall team with one weekend to go here. So, uh, Corey, talk, tell us, how did you get your start in football, fantasy sports, and, and uh, you know, do you remember anything about that start, and, and, and how did you find the FFWC? Uh, well, I think we got started in fantasy football. It, it probably was a good 19 years ago now. Um, my first job, I had a bunch of coworkers that, you know, started talking about fantasy football. And, of course, me being a huge sports fan, um, you know, was very intrigued and interested. So I do remember my first league was back in 1993, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. And, of course, I consider myself a hardcore fantasy player. I do get in, in a lot of leagues, um, local leagues, and, and in high-stakes leagues. So, again, something I enjoy very much, and I've been doing it for quite some time. As far as the, um, uh, as far as the FFWC, um, just, you know, again, on the Internet all the time, I, I've seen the advertisements and, and heard about it and um, checked into it, um, and it looked like a, looked like a great league. Um, I recognized the names of the folks who were, were running the league, so I felt very comfortable uh, with that. Obviously, that was very big to me after what happened over at World Call. Um, uh, so, again, just uh, after I looked at everything, saw how many people were participating, it was really intriguing to me to join. Corey Gardner. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, this, Mike. This is Mike. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, so, growing up in Hershey, uh, when you were growing up, uh, who, who's your team? Was it uh, Philly or uh, Pittsburgh? I am a diehard, true Eagles fan. And even though they're doing horrible this year, um, I will never change. I've been, I've, I've loved the Eagles since I've been growing up. Um, I'm a huge Eagles fan, and, and it's, it's a tough year for us, obviously. But um, that's my team, and and I won't change it. So that's who I follow uh, to yeah. this day and who, I, who the team I followed as I was growing up. Well, so that led me. What do you think is going to happen with uh, Andy Reid and, uh, uh, obviously, Michael Vick? Well, there's to me, there is absolutely no doubt that both will be gone after this year, and um, there will be a total overhaul of that roster and with new coaching and new leadership there. So it, it's coming. Um, I think Andy's earned the right to finish the year. Um, he is a classy guy. Um, somebody's going to pick him up, but it's time for a change, and and it will happen. So I think you'll see Vic and Reed will definitely be gone after this year. Can I can I can I just make a prediction, Mike? I I can tell you where both of them are headed. <laughs> isn't, that just a, isn't that a classic Jets move to pick up Vic and Reed in the offseason? I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen. 
do that. We got a great guest in Corey. Let's not mess this show up with this GTS crap. It's nothing but a bunch of crap drama. So let's move on. Corey, Scott, keep on moving. It's, uh, I mean, we don't need that. Uh, Mike's a little bitter about that whipping that Notre Dame, the Irish, put on uh, Kentucky. I don't know if you watched that game. Are you are you a college basketball fan, Corey? Because we love college basketball here in Red vs. Blue. Um, I only, I, and I'll be totally honest with you, I am, but I really only start really getting into it after the football season's over. And once yeah. that, yeah, that, that January, January time frame is when I'll start start following it. And, and of course, I'm like everybody else. I'm really into the March Madness when that time yep. rolls around. Oh, yeah, that's it yeah, matters. March Madness. That's a big time here in the Midwest. We've got a lot of our teams up on top or near the top. IU, you got to give a lot of props to to those guys and the Hoosiers, what they're doing and how they totally dominated North Carolina. They looked fantastic the other night. And then to see what Notre Dame did to Kentucky uh, last night. I don't know if you watched the game, Mike, or if you didn't catch the replay, but, you know, Vital was there and he was, he was interviewing um, the the Notre Dame. uh, uh, What's the defensive player? What's his name? The college football guy. Yeah. he's, He's up for the Heisman. And uh, he was interviewing him, and they committed a, a recruiting violation there because he asked him what his name was, and he had to answer. You're not allowed to, to put recruits' names there on television. I just thought that was really – he, Vital's really slipping in his old age. It's too bad to see. But, uh, but you, let, Let's talk about that, Corey. Corey Gardner's our guest from uh, – he's the number one team overall right now with one week to go but to win the Fiat, the 2012 Fiat 500. Bryce Brown did the job for you last week. You are a Philly fan. It kind of makes sense now because I was going to ask you – you picked him up in waivers for 34 bucks, like back in mid-September as a non-McCoy owner. And so what did you see in him that, I mean, obviously you're a fan of Philly, so you knew what kind of what you had there. Yeah, yeah I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, Scott. Basically, uh, the, the media here around the area, uh, all the coaches and the, the reporters and, and everyone you spoke to, the rave was just how good Bryce Brown had been performing in training camp and, in practice, and, and a lot of the fellow players were, would rave a, a, about him. So I had the advantage of being an Eagles fan and a lot of local media that a lot of folks may not, you know, go to, to bother to go read or look at. I, I knew this guy was – they were talking about him being very special. Now, um, I think the weakest part of our team initially was our running back two and three spot. So I'm sitting there, I was like, well, someone like a Bryce Brown, I'm hearing great things. He was obviously the clear backup to McCoy. And, um, you know, I thought this, it's time to pick this guy up. I mean, if something happens to McCoy, you know, obviously the bidding's going to get very high for, for someone like him and the word will get out. So I kind of picked him up and just sat on him for all this time. And obviously it paid dividends here at the end. Uh, but it, it took a lot of patience because there were times where, where we had to make a roster move and he was one that was being considered just by necessity. But obviously it, it worked out that we held on to him. But, um, I can just contribute to it that um, you know the local media here and 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 the, the, all the raves that, that he had gotten from the coaches and folks who cover the team was just except, exceptional. So uh, I just had that insight, and that's kind of why I picked him up and just held him all that time. Well, let me ask you, Corey, uh, what's the difference that happened? Uh, you know, as far as the carries, because I know you as a uh, you as an Eagle fan starting the season out, you know you you have Bryce, and but you're concerned about and you're worried about well why in uh, Shady getting all these carries? Well, next thing you know, uh, Bryce Brown is put put in the starting lineup and he's getting all kinds of carries left and right. So what what changed in their offensive uh, um, 
scheme of things to let Bryce Brown have that bigger game? I just think it's simply, and that's a good question because if you know Andy Reid like I do, he will he baffles you sometimes as to why he just keeps throwing, throwing, throwing. Um, he's done that for years, even when he's had a big lead. He'll throw, he just throws too much at times. Um, I just think it had to do with uh, you know multiple things, with, particularly the offensive line, how poor it is right now with pass protection. Um, obviously, they have a lot of injuries across the offensive line. Um, and their pass protection was just has been terrible. I think it's I think they've had the worst pass protection offensive line in the league. Yeah, at least you know I watch their games every week and it's just as bad. But, so I think between that and I think with Deshaun Jackson getting hurt early, Nick Foles not doing well. I just think that that I think he was kind of forced to really run more uh, this past week against Carolina. I think he you know he just felt it was time to run more. And of course you know Bryce Brown started off very hot, so I think that helped. Uh, make the decision for Andy and Marty Morningway just to kind of run more, you know, last week. We always like to look at the rosters. This is Corey Gardner as our guest tonight, the number one player right now, heading into the final week of the regular season at the Fantasy Football World Championship. You started the draft with a three pick, and that's a nice number to get because you're kind of guaranteed one of those backs that everybody was wanting, Rice, McCoy, or Foster, and it, it did go Rice and Foster one and two. Now, many people would have taken McCoy there, and especially with you being an Eagle fan, I'm kind of shocked you took Calvin Johnson, Megatron. What made you feel confident, not necessarily about Calvin, but the running back position at that point to pull that trigger? That's kind of hard to do because we had some of the best on here saying, you can't take that wide receiver early. you got to lock up one of those stud running backs. Yeah, it's a good point, and I get that question all the time, and we may have you know, simply have gotten lucky, but um... – I can answer it two ways. Uh, number one, Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson, we felt was just so much better, you know, from the year before and, and coming into this year, we just felt he was so much above any other receiver that was out there that his value was great enough that he could be drafted third overall. So that was really the first thing. But then the second thing was that we just had a big belief. Uh, actually, at the time, we, we kind of thought we had a good read on those running backs who rated out on our, on our grading sheet in that 10 to 20 range, there were, there were some backs we really liked. Um, so our plan all along was kind of, you know, let's grab two of the stud receivers and, and grab a running back. And then in those middle, you know, four through five rounds, we can grab two of those running backs we really like. And it worked out like we wanted it to. Now the results <laughs> didn't pan out the way we wanted to, but the, the draft plan in theory, what we, we executed it like we wanted to. And I think just our confidence in those running backs who we thought at the time would do well was more of the trigger why we thought, let's take the best wide receiver off the board who is clearly the best receiver, you know, at the time who we felt um, was head and shoulders above everyone was just the way to go. was a big-time call there, Corey. Calvin, Marshall, and Trent Richardson. You started off one, two, three. That's a lot of a lot of high-energy guys there. Reggie Bush and Donald Brown with the next couple of picks. Talk about both of those guys moving forward. I think a lot of people are concerned. We've been watching Reggie here the last couple of weeks and very unimpressed. I know he did get the touchdown, you know, recently. but And then Donald Brown obviously has been injured and been a bust completely. I mean, he looked great in the preseason, and he kind of deceived all of us. So the first three no-brainers always in your lineup. But and they're a big part of why you, you're where you are. But Reggie and Donald Brown, any any value there for you going on the rest of the way? Um, I think, you know, Reggie could possibly play. I mean, a lot's going to depend on the whole McCoy-Bryce Brown situation. You know, if McCoy comes back, when he comes back, um, how that impacts Bryce Brown will, will, you know, impact whether we have to start Reggie Bush or not. 
Um, Bush actually had a decent fantasy game last week, uh, you know, from a running back two perspective, um, or three. Um, so uh, he still may be in play. Donald Brown is still on a roster, but obviously he's just there. Um, you know, if, if someone like Ballard would get hurt, he may become relevant again. I don't see that, you know, that we'll, we would start Donald Brown, you know, in any other circumstance other than an injury to Ballard. Um, you know, going back to the draft, we, I, I was very high on Reggie Bush. Um, you know, he had a good year last year. Um, we felt with a rookie quarterback coming in, there'd be a lot of, you know, check downs to him. He'd be catching a lot of balls out of the backfield. He would get a lot of carries. He'd be very involved in the offense. Um, so I actually was very happy in the draft when we got him in the fourth round that he slid to that. I thought that was a steal, to be honest with you. And he's been okay. I mean, I will say one thing. He gave us a couple good games early in the year um, that, that contributed you know, to a good start. Um, but like I said, Donald Brown's been a, just a complete bust. And we like Donald Brown heading into the draft. And, you know, obviously, you know, anyone who will tell you, and you know this, Scott, if you play long enough, um, you're going to miss those things. And, and I just felt what? Donald Brown was – the only guy in Indianapolis beginning of the year. It looked like he was going to be the man and the only guy. Um, and I just felt he was going to get a ton of opportunities, and um, he was going to do well. And obviously, you know, you know, we swung and missed on that one, and it happened. So, um, you know, Bush is still, you know, he's viable at, at times, but I don't see any way that Donald Brown will be in our lineup. Well, Corey, uh, you know, I'd like to jump in here real quick before we uh, move on to uh, what's getting ready to happen in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, your draft this year, so your first running back you drafted was Reggie Bush, is that correct? Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson. Okay, you drafted Trent Richardson in what round? Third. 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 Okay. So, and then you were basically able to uh, get uh, Reggie Bush and then uh, Donald Brown, et cetera, et cetera. So, you pretty much set, you, you set the table of what I'm getting ready to talk about. This league is becoming so pass-oriented uh, to where next year, when we're talking about the 2013-year draft, that there may not be a running or I'm not, there, I mean, there's going to be running backs drafted, but the running back situation is not going to be that, you know, formidable in a lot of people's minds as it used to be. Am I saying? Am I being correct there? Well, I think what I think and what I see based on what you're saying is that I, I think that's what makes running backs even more critical, probably for some folks, because I mean, obviously there are so many running back situations where there's two backs in, in in these on these teams. So when you have certain teams that only have like one main running back, I think it makes it all the more valuable to get those guys because and it kind of goes on what you're saying. There's so many teams passing the ball it's a passing league they're using two running backs um so when you do have that rare running back i think that that is the man um it will make it all the more important that you draft that guy higher um that's that's probably what i see moving forward and i think people i don't see people getting away from taking that stud running back um just because of the, you know sure you know the, the the sure numbers and the value um that they that they present yeah so thank you Basically, Corey, I mean, we're looking at a stud running back in 2013 is like a stud tight end in 2009. Is that what you? That's what you think? Oh, that's what. That's what I'm asking. 
That is a buzzer meter, Mike. The buzzer meter showed up, buddy. I, I don't know why these things happen, but well, I, I'm gonna put you at a solid eight and a half right now, Mike. Solid eight and a half. What, what, what are you trying to, oh, what are you no, trying to no, say? No, no. The question I'm asking is that back in 2008, you would never think about taking a, a tight end very high. Now you're thinking about taking tight ends all the time instead of a running back. That's God. the question I'm asking. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not really hearing a question in there, but yeah, I, I, do, I, I hear what you're saying. Running backs are the, the bell cow running backs are the ones that you have to go get now, and, and I think that's what kind of the point Corey made. They're very critical. You grab those guys because once they're gone, they're gone, and all you've got left is a bunch of RBBC guys until, yeah, until those injuries happen, and then once the injuries happen, then you have a guy. I think that's what we're gonna learn. At the end of the year, you you will have some of those guys because of injuries. Then you you end up having guys that uh, do get all the carries, like you saw on Bryce Brown. Now, the rest of the draft I think is really important. Corey, Vic, Malcolm Floyd, Jermaine Gresham, uh, those were a couple of guys you took afterwards. And then you you nailed RG three in round eleven as your QB two. I'm, I'm I mean he's got to be your new favorite player, right? <laughs> I, and I'm an Eagles fan, but it's real yeah. funny. My youngest son, uh, for, for Christmas, he's asking, I want an RG3 jersey, and I want Redskins betting. And it has nothing to do with, with him being on my fantasy team. It's just he enjoys watching him play as we're watching football. And I told my wife, I mean, might as well order me an, uh, an extra large RG3 jersey as well because he's been money. Um, I hate to admit it because I'm such an Eagles fan, but, man, he, I, I am rooting for that guy because he's been so good to me, you know. Uh, so yeah, he's he's been phenomenal. Obviously, if if we knew this and everyone knew this, he would have got drafted a lot higher. Um, again, I, I'm sure a lot of people were high on him, and and we liked him heading in, but never never ever anticipated him doing what he's doing this year. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb was your 12th round pick, and that guy mm-hmm. has been incredible this year. Greg Jennings is back in the fold this week. What is your outlook for him moving forward? Um, I'm still fine with Cobb. Um, I again, we drafted him. He was a guy I was high on. I, I will admit that, and I and I and, and I'm not afraid to say it. I think uh, I always think you know when you can take someone like an Aaron Rodgers, you got to look at all the receivers that that are going to get playing time in that system. And and I felt Cobb. Everything I was hearing, researching that he was going to be the number three receiver. You know, outside of Jennings and Nelson. And I felt. Um, you know, they were raving about him, and I felt really good at him in round 12. I thought that was a great pick, and, and it ended up, you know, being one that we actually hit on. Um, again, never anticipated, you know, the, the level of production that he's produced. But um, as far as Jennings coming back, I'm, I'm actually, to be, and I'm being honest, I'm not concerned about it. I don't think Jennings will play a whole lot this coming week. I think he'll get some limited snaps. But I think Cobb will go in the slot, um, uh, they'll do something. He will stay on the field. He's been too valuable. Um, he has the most targets on that team. I don't see Jennings' return impacting Cobb a whole lot. I don't, you know, I don't either, Corey. And uh, because you know they're starting to click a little bit, and uh, even though they laid that clunker against uh, the Giants, I still think that uh, Cobb. And plus, he's uh, he, he he can be very uh, uh, versatile coming out of the backfield. I mean, the end of the sure. rounds and like that. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about, and uh, I want to ask you too, Scott, is uh, RG3, Andrew Luck. Who becomes, who is the next Cam Newton? Basically, the reason I'm saying that is, who has the next sophomore slump? Is it RG3 or Andrew Luck? 
I don't. I'll answer it first, Scott. I, I'm not taking easy road out, but I don't know if either is going to slump. I, I think they're. I think both guys are special. <laughs> I really do. Um, I, I think they're only going to get better, and they're still going to produce. Um, what just watching RG3, and again, I've been following him a little bit more only because I have him on a lot of my teams, um, and he just amazes me. I mean, he just he looks the part, he acts the part, he's professional, he handles himself well. I just I don't see any slump coming with him, and, and the same thing with Luck. I mean, uh, I think both of these guys are really special, so I, I don't see a slump coming for either one. Well, yeah, a year ago, Corey, we said the same thing about Cam Newton. Yeah, but Cam Newton is the number seven quarterback. How is that a slump? You might He might not be number one or number two. He's not getting the ten rushing touchdowns that he had, or 15 or whatever it was, but the only guys in front of him, Mike, are Breeze, Griffin, Brady, Ryan, Rodgers, and Manning. I mean that's a pretty damn stiff crowd there. That's a that's a good competition, you know, crowd to be in. I don't know. If well, I guess I guess I'm looking at winning games. I guess I'm 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 just looking at those guys leading the team and winning games. Well, yeah, yeah Griffin's he's, not winning yeah. games. Though. I mean, he's not a playoff team right now, you know. So uh, Breeze isn't either, you know. But so uh, those, those guys. I mean, we're you know, fantasy wise, Cam Newton's not been what he was. He wasn't a winner last year in games, and he's not a winner this year in games. So I don't think that's changed, but. I think the thing that luck brings to the table is that he's a winner, and he, he's proven it now. He's proven it with, with rebuilding uh, the Colts organization single-handedly uh, with Pagano, uh, the, you know, Chuck Strong and all this going on, man. It's just a phenomenal story. And Is it a big story up there in, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, Corey? Is it a big story, the Colts, what they're doing? Um, no. no. And, and the only reason I'll say that is because, again, all the, the papers, the media around here, Everything is, is pretty much three teams you hear about. It's the Eagles, Steelers, and Ravens. Uh, that's kind of like the the area we're in. So they get all the coverage. Um, you don't get a whole lot. you got to kind of go outside of here to get any other coverage. Well, you know, that's a good point, Corey. And uh, how much have you heard about the Ravens? I mean, we're talking about a team here that's 9-2 and two that looks pretty, pretty doggone good, in my opinion. Yeah, they look good, I think. I think what everyone's kind of thinking is do they have too many injuries on defense to make that run? And I, and I, and I don't know if they do, um, you know, I, I, they're definitely a good football team, but I think some of those injuries are going to catch up to them come playoff time. I, I just think there's teams like Denver and, and new England who will put up a lot of points against them in a playoff setting. And again, I could be wrong, but that's just kind of how I see that right now playing out. Well, with Tory, uh, for instance, uh, We'll talk about this week, and I, I saw it on uh, uh, Fantasy Football Toolbox. I mean, would uh, Torrey Smith be a good uh, be a good start this week, maybe? Well, he struggled against the Steelers lately, and he struggled their first meeting. So I actually have Torrey in a couple of leagues. I'll probably start him, you know, because, again, you know, he's got a lot of talent and upside. But he hasn't fared well against the Steelers, and particularly the last time out. So I think he has a risky – start, but uh, I'm also a big believer that, you know, not to get too cute on your starting lineups, go with your studs, go with your best players, so I, I plan on, on playing them, even though he didn't do well against the Steelers the last time. Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to uh, get to. We always like to, every week on Red versus Blue, go through some uh, starts and sits at the positions. Guys that you might not normally start, but this week, because of the matchup or circumstances, you think will have a big game for example, at quarterback this week, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. The, the Bills on uh, taking on the Jags. You know, I 
I, I kind of expected better against Indy last week. He threw for 180, only tossed for a TD and a pick. And it's the second straight week below 200 uh, passing yards, actually. So I guess you could call this a slump, but this is a great matchup. You still have Stevie Johnson. You have Donald Jones. Chandler is healthy. He's not getting a lot of targets. And you do have Spiller, who can catch the ball really well. I, I would watch the weather here. There's a 50% chance of, you know, this sleet-snow mix on Sunday during the game. If that's the case, you might want to have a backup plan like uh, Jake Locker to put in just in case. Uh, but what do you think? Uh, do, you, do you have any type of any, any player this week that you might want to start this week, Corey, that uh, maybe typically you wouldn't? Well, I think I, I'm on the same lines with you. I think uh, someone like Ryan Tannehill, um, it's not a sexy name, obviously, but I think when you play someone like the Patriots, who their defense has scored a ton of fantasy points, um, but let's face it, they, they're still not a good defense. And um, I think what happens, obviously, with New England is their offense is so good, they build those big leads, and these quarterbacks are just throwing, 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 and throwing. And, um, you know, even someone like Mark Sanchez, when they got killed the other uh, couple weeks back, still ended up with, with decent fantasy points just because they were down so much. So uh, I look for quarterbacks against New England just from the standpoint they're going to be throwing to catch up, and typically will put up some bigger numbers. And, and Tannehill, obviously, is going to be a quarterback who's, in most people's eyes, is going to be down on their cheat sheets a little bit further, but a guy that I think, obviously, could, could produce more than what people would expect. Yeah, that's a good point. The Pace, uh, they rank 29th in the NFL, 289 passing yards per game allowed, so that's a, that's a good start there. On a bench-wise, uh, Mike, I like Russell Wilson to sit on the bench. I, I wouldn't call him, you know, the stud yet. You know, he hasn't been that, but... He's coming off four really good weeks. He's gained yards both on the ground and through, you know, and through the air, and he's completing his passes well too. Seventy-seven percent last week against Miami, four straight games with at least two TDs. He's facing the Bears this week, though. Isn't that self-explanatory? I mean, they're ranked top three against opposing quarterbacks for most of the season. I like him, but I fear this week is going to be a low fantasy point outing, and it, and it's at home for Chicago. They they only allow average twelve fantasy points a game. I, I prefer somebody else. What? You have anybody to to bench this week, Mikey? No, Corey. We'll we'll, we'll go to you. We'll throw it to you. We lobbed it. We we gave him a softball. He, the the buzzer meter is going up to about a nine and a half now. So we'll 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 lob it over to Corey. I well, it was funny today. I I was thinking Russell Wilson the same thing. I mean, going into Chicago um, with that defense uh, and that setting, I just think that's. I think he's going to have a tough go of it to put up any type of fantasy points. And, and I know some people um, probably are starting Russell Wilson, but I don't think there's a lot that would be. But those that would, obviously, I think it would be tough with up fantasy points against them in Chicago, against that defense. Yeah, you guys did bring up a good point with Torrey getting locked down. Road Warrior in the chat room. A player that always puts up numbers versus the Steelers is Bolden. Go figure. <laughs> uh, yeah, he always has. We've got uh, running back-wise, you know, I was thinking Jaquiz Rogers was going to be a good start this week. He had one of his best games of the year, and then all of a sudden uh, I threw him in some lineups this week. I put him in over Larry Fitzgerald uh, in the NFFC. Alex and I decided that that was the way to go, and I I hope uh, – well, obviously it doesn't really matter at this point, but um, I'll tell you, another guy that I want to talk about, we had him on our podcast this week. Nate Burleson stopped by, and – Pretty cool to get him to come on the show, and he talked about Ryan Broyles, loving Ryan Broyles as a teammate and as a player and work ethic, and then he talked about Joyke Bell. He said if there's anybody that might, you know, especially if LaShore is dinged up, Joyke Bell gets his opportunity, he's going to 
he's going to roll with it. What do you think about Joyce Bell? Because I noticed, Corey, you have Joyce Bell in uh, on your roster, sitting on the bench, but he's on your roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been another guy that we picked up and, and sat there, and he's actually – we've started him a few times, and he, he produced um, double-digit points when we started him. So we, we've been happy as a – as someone who's done a fill-in for us there. Um, uh, we don't have him starting now, but uh, I think – I've watched him a few times and have been very impressed by him. It kind of was very baffling, um, you know, not this past weekend, but the week before when he played, I think it was the Jaguars, where uh, Kevin Smith was in there and he hardly got any touches. It was very baffling. We didn't, kind of didn't understand that. But everything I've seen and watched him, um, he's looked very good to us. So it would be nice to see him get an opportunity just to see what he could do. T.Y. Hilton, is he an every-week starter for you now? I mean, he's, he's looked good uh, for, as, as the Colts, uh, kind of a check-down guy for for uh, <clears throat> Andrew Luck and a deep threat. He's He's got a lot of speed. What do you think? Uh, he, he's starting every week for you right now. He has been. Um, there were a couple times where we're, we kind of were missing the weeks on him where he would have a bad week when we would be starting him. So then we'd bench him the following week and he'd have a big week. And we kind of weren't getting on that same page with him uh, with that. I think Hilton is definitely explosive. Um, I've been very impressed with him, games I've watched. The thing with him, obviously, in the fantasy world is he's hit or miss. I mean, he can put up big numbers or he's just as capable of putting up a three- or four-point effort as well. So um, he does come with huge risk and high reward. Um, He is definitely the definition for that. Uh, but I think he's he's starting to come on a little bit more. Um, he is a guy that we have been playing and starting. He's in our starting lineup right now um, and probably will stay there, um, although he is the one, I will say, he's the one guy that's that kind of considering whether, um, you know, he'll, he'll stay there Sunday or will go with somebody else. But um, he's definitely explosive and, and has earned the right of, of being in the lineup. Corey Gardner is our guest tonight. He's leading the Fantasy Football World Championship number one overall if you're just now joining the the program, we've got about 22 minutes. Uh, well, I'm sorry, 12 minutes left on the program, but we might we'll go into a little bit of overtime because we still got to get to a lot of games and break down a lot of the who do I starts. Pat D and Shane Graham also on your team again. Actually, really good options at the court at the kicker and defense position, scoring well for you. Uh, I asked you earlier in the in the the pre setup for the show. Are those positions underrated for to you, or are they? They kind of fluky to figure out. Mike always says there's no real science in uh, in, in playing uh, defenses. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fluky because you know, it, especially you know, kickers. Um, I think kicker, you're looking to see you know, who what offensive team has you know good offense, give the kicker a little bit more opportunity to kick field goals. I think everybody looks at that. Um, when I drafted Shane Graham, it was no different. You know, Texans I thought had a good offense, um, so that was the theory behind that. Uh, the Patriots. The, I was real intrigued with them from the standpoint of that their schedule was kind of weaker, and they score so much on offense that even though their defense isn't really that good, they, they just have such big leads, like I said earlier, that it, it creates those turnovers that they get. They get a lot of interceptions, things like that, because they're up so much and, and teams have to pass and, and force things, and, and that's what creates some of the turnovers for them. So they've just been, you know, just been very fortunate for them to score so much in fantasy it's nothing spectacular, any any um, anything we knew ahead of time, obviously. It's just something that, um, you know, again, being the beneficiary of having these big leads, they've been able to create a lot of points on their defense. Corey, we, uh, we are down to the final week of the regular season. Here at the FFWC, we do award the, the regular season points leader a brand-new car, 2012 Fiat 500. 
kind of a fun car for the the wife or maybe a, a daughter uh, or just something sporty to scoot around in on a on a Sunday afternoon uh, when it's non football season. So what would you do with the car if you want it? I'll drive it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it'll it'll we we would drive it if we're fortunate enough to win it. Uh, it would get put to good use, um, obviously. So um, um, it was that's been a great great um, uh, promotion gift whatever you want to call it, um, that the FFWC has provided. So um, I'll be quite honest with you, I, I actually had no idea that that uh, promotion, that gift was even happening until a few weeks ago. Um, so oh, I got wow. up to speed real quick. I did not know that that was a part of of the event. So that was a great surprise just even you know, seeing that. Um, I was not aware of that up until a few weeks ago. And, and and if you open up the glove box, there's going to be an envelope, and inside that envelope, there's going to be a thousand dollar check in there too for the point score. So pretty cool uh, that OC Fiat is uh, is giving that away to our point score. We always felt that that was the most under under uh, appreciated you know portion of the you know the, it's a such a huge accomplishment to go through that year, and then you know at the end of the year it's kind of a kind of a you know a lottery kind of crapshoot. You know you have to get really hot. You know. And uh, but 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 to win 13 weeks regular season to be the point scorer that's a pretty big deal. So kind of neat to see you spring up there uh, after Bryce Brown, your local guy there, does that on Monday night. What would you do with the 200 grand? I'm looking forward to a couple extra weeks. What is that? Uh, is that money gonna make a? I mean, obviously that's a big chunk of change. What is that gonna do for you and your family? Oh, it would do a lot. Obviously, um, like I said, there's four kids in the house. Um, you know, one that's ready to go to college soon. So like a lot of families, a lot of bills, a lot of expenses, college coming up, that sort of thing. So uh, it would get put to good use, um, you know, from, from, a, from an expense standpoint and college and all that, that sort of thing. So um, uh, we'd love to win it. Obviously, that's a, a tough task, as you said. You know, you've got to get hot in those weeks 14 through 16. But uh, just to be in that position, to be a part of it, is that's why we play fantasy football, and that's why we get in this is for that thrill, just a chance to compete for it. So I'm looking forward just as much as I'm looking forward to seeing if we win that car this week. Um, I'm looking forward to weeks 14 through 16 and competing in, in that. Well, hopefully you have some plans to uh, to watch the games on Sunday with with some friends or maybe, uh, maybe the wife. Will she even watch some football with you? I mean, because Monday night is the big game, Giants at Washington. So that, that puts – RG3 front and center for you in such a big night. It could be RG3 putting up the points on Monday night for you to win the car. Oh, yeah. Most, most of my Sundays I do watch football. Um, it's going to become a little bit tougher here, though, because, um, as, again, my sons play basketball, and they have some uh, tournament games starting up on Sundays here. So I may have to take the, the iPhone. We'll be burning up with uh, NFL updates as I'm at this <laughs> basketball game. Uh, but I'll be watching Monday night. Again, there's so many good teams behind us um, with good rosters. Um, you know, I looked at, at John's uh, team and, the, you know, the champs, and he's got a great roster there. And, and it's really – it is anybody's game. I mean, we have the lead now, but there's so many teams behind us that have good rosters. They could, you know, they could put up a 200-point week and blow right by, past us again. So, by no means are, are – I don't even look at us as the favorite or we're, you know, head above everybody. It's just – you know, anyone can put up a big week at any time, and there's so many good rosters on those teams behind us that, I, you know, I'm not sure what to expect. You know, you just you put your best lineup out there and you see what happens. That's what you got to do. Well, Corey, yep. thank you for being on Red versus Blue, my man. We appreciate it. Good, op- good opportunity for the for the high stakes community to get to know you a little bit better, and uh, you know, we'll, we get to put a a voice and a and an image of this uh, this 
who you are to the uh, to the leaderboard when we see the Vanguard title on there. Uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting weekend for us and for you. So good luck to you, and thanks for being on, Red vs. Blue. Excellent. I really appreciate you having me. Corey Gardner, number one overall, just a great guest, Mike. Uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Mike, are you still with me, man? Did we lose Mike? Wow. The buzz meter strikes again. I'm going to have to get... Uh... One last call for Mike. Mike, are you with us? I'm here. I've been oh. here. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. Oh, typical, typical. Mike, let's move on, buddy. Uh, we've got a lot of matchups to, to hit, too. We've got a few minutes left in the show. A, a lot of games still to talk about. Seattle at Chicago. Matt Forte is back and playing. Sidney Rice is questionable. Michael Bush really filled in admirably once again. Marshawn Lynch is a little dinged up on that side of the ball. Very difficult position for Marshawn Lynch owners to be in because you're playing Chicago. It's not one of these guys that you really can bench because it's he, he can do well. Remember last year when San Francisco had not allowed a rushing touchdown and they're playing at Seattle? But Seattle's a different team at home versus on the road, and they're on the road against the Bears, and Lynch doesn't catch a lot of balls. So unless he's able to get a touchdown this week, very doubtful against that run D, you almost want to sit Lynch and plug in one of these hot handbacks like a Rashad Jennings who has a good matchup or, or maybe even a Sean Moreno against the Bucks. Absolutely. Sent Lynch for a better matchup. It's tough, man. It's really tough because this is the kind of week where he will burn you and he'll say, I'm beast mode, you know, and 120, 140 yards later, uh, he just does his thing because really at the end of the day, they really have to use him if they're going to win, but I just don't see them doing well. I also don't like uh, Chris Johnson much. He's not a guy you can bench, though. You know, he's he's the Texans are one of the best units in the league uh, against the run. They've only four scores this year for Chris Johnson. And so it's just such an interesting week this week. It's, it's the, the the question every fantasy owner has right now is, do you ride the hot hand or do you stick with the horse who got you here? Because there's just a slew of fresh new backs on the scene this week that we just don't have a lot of history to pull from. And, that's when we talk about this Chris Johnson and this even the Stephen Ridley against the, uh, the the Dolphins. These guys, it's very hard to get them in your lineup this week. If you have a better option, you got to do it. And then, Mike, what do you do with Darren McFadden this week? I mean, it's a late game on Sunday. Marcel Reese has been playing well. I mean, you're really hamstrung here. I'm I'm tired of talking about backs. Uh, I I like Malcolm Floyd and Eli Manning. All right. Two, uh, those are my two sneaky plays. Eli Manning's been uh, weak, weak, weak. But uh, I think he'll step out against uh, Washington. Uh, I love Malcolm Floyd against Cincinnati. I will step out on a limb and actually agree with you on Eli Manning. I think I think this is a week he can kind of get it turned around against the Redskins. And I do see this as another type of a shootout. We saw a shootout on Thanksgiving with RG3. I think we're going to see another one. With the Giants, even though their defense is much better than the Cowboys, I don't think you could stop RG3. It's just not somebody you – it gives you fits as a defensive coordinator. You're just really – it's a nightmare, you know, you have uh, in front of you. So RG3 against Eli Manning, I, it's going to be a very fun matchup to watch on Monday night. Um, Mike, let's talk about the, the Colts and Detroit. I, you know, look, 
I, like I said, with Burleson was on the podcast the other day, he was talking up Joyke Bell, and but you've got injuries to LaShore. You have Calvin on one side. you got Ryan Broyles is another great start. And then you have Reggie Wayne and T.Y. Hilton. Reggie Wayne carried a lot of teams to the fantasy land, uh, to the playoffs this year. Do you think he's going to continue to do that for his fantasy owners in the playoffs? It, because he has slowed down a little bit. Oh, Reggie Wayne slowed down? No. No, Reggie Wayne had slowed down a little bit. Uh, he slowed down nothing at all. Uh, I like Reggie Wayne in this matchup. I like Reggie Wayne a lot. Uh, I like Andrew Luck. But I think Detroit wins this game uh, based on Matt Stafford, Calvin Johnson, and, you know, there's just going to be a lot of different things. Watch the tight end movement in this game with uh, Detroit. They're going to use some tight ends a lot. All right, Minnesota at Green Bay, the return of Greg Jennings. Harvin is still doubtful. So on this game, it's really Adrian Peterson, Kyle Rudolph maybe. Uh, for Green Bay, you're obviously starting Rodgers. You're starting Jordy. You're starting Randall Cobb, your guy from Kentucky there, of course. Do you start Jermichael Finley in a game against Minnesota? I mean, you you got to think of this. Green Bay That's has got to be angry. They are ticked off about what happened the other night, right? This is one of those games that I think you start the Green Bay defense and you start everything related to Green Bay because I just feel like they're going to come out and just blow Minnesota out of the water. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. You, you got to start anything that has to do with Green Bay. I just hope that Aaron Rodgers at least has grown some sort of a mustache or a beard to <laughs> Cover up that freaking caterpillar he had on his lips. <laughs> oh, New England at Miami, Mike. Uh, Stephen Ridley is going to be a very tough back to start. Reggie Bush and Thomas is a total nightmare. You know, I am kind of depressing myself about the running backs. I agree with you. I think everybody's starting four wide this week or even tight ends. You know, give me a tight end. Uh, Brian Hartline, maybe. He's not really a big touchdown scorer. Wes Welker doesn't. He's a he's a definite star. What about Aaron Hernandez, Mike? I mean, what what the heck is going on here? He's back to playing, but he's not really doing what we thought he would do. Yeah, well, you know, it's only been a week. I mean, Aaron Hernandez is going to be fine. I mean, I, I really believe uh, New England's going to be just fine in this. But you know, I think Hartline in Miami, uh, you you better watch it because New England can get points up. Right. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm I'm looking at Brian Harlan. I'm taking a real hard look at him to see if I can get him in that lineup because just like our guest Corey Gardner stated, against New England, you're going to be throwing in that second half. Let's just face it. Uh, Arizona at the Jets, Mike. Uh, I know you don't like to talk about the Jets. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, let's right. talk about him. Is this a guy that now with Roberts questionable? It doesn't look like Roberts is going to go. Do you put uh, do you put Fitzgerald in? He's going to be locked up with Cromartie, and Lindley has got to get it to him. Oh boy, I geez. take Sean Green and the Jets. I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this game, Scott. Honestly, I really don't. Uh, you got to go Fitz. You got to go Fitz, and just hope that uh, hope that things work out fine. Uh, I think Sean Green is going to have a good game. Good game for the Jets, though. Yeah, Fitzgerald, 24th wide receiver for the year. The last two weeks, Mike, six points and two points with the Ryan Lindley experience here. San Fran at St. Louis. Amendola is out. Kendall Hunter is now on IR. Uh, you, you don't know who the backup to Gore is right now, whether it's Jacobs or LaMichael James. I'll tell you what, quarterback Kaepernick, 
Kaepernick might be quite comfortable with LaMichael James because they both came from similar college systems. You know, that's kind of what I think. I'm, the Niners have the opportunity to really go full-on pistol Oregon offense in this game with Kaepernick and James. It might You might see something like that develop, and, you know, he's that type of player. I know you like LaMichael James. I do. I do. I like LaMichael James, but in this game, it's going to be horrific. I mean, it is going to be so horrific. It's it's incredible. Uh, when's the last time Frank Gore got hurt? Knock on wood. I mean, really, this oh. guy is. I mean, he's a stud. He's a warrior. He's a warrior. Yeah. I agree with you. I I agree with you. Houston at Tennessee, Mike. Do you see any sleepers here? Obviously, Foster, Andre Johnson, Owen Daniels, if he's there. Tennessee's side of the ball. Do you start Jake Locker this week against Houston? They can't run the ball. You know, you got to throw it. Maybe a Jared Cook might sleep in. Didn't he get a, quite a few targets last week? Let me throw one at you. Jake Locker against Houston or Carson Palmer against Cleveland? Look, I would go Carson Palmer. Yeah, man, I, 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 I think so, too. I think he, I, he had a bad game last week, you know, but I think you just got to gotta throw that game out the window and, and get back to what you do well. Cleveland is tough. Uh, they, they've got a tough little defense, and what they force – how many turnovers did they force on uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers? Like 10? Well, yeah. 20? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's something else. All right, Mike. We are in overtime here at Red versus Blue. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Antonio Brown's back, but he's got uh, Charlie Batch throwing him the ball. And then Dwyer gets promoted to what's just really amounts to a mess at the running back position again. Uh, Torrey Smith only got one catch last time against Pittsburgh. Do you think he... Let me put the over-under on Torrey Smith catches Mike at three. Over-under. I say over. But I'm going to say this right now. I'm looking. Here I go. I'm I'm starting bombing out of the mouth. But here we go. Uh, This this split is seven and a half. Pittsburgh, when they're up up against it with Mike Tomlin as head coach, they always tend to rise up. I don't care what the quarterback is. This this spread is seven and a half. It would not surprise me to see Pittsburgh give Baltimore everything they've got. And I, I still see Baltimore winning the game, but by three or four, I would take Pittsburgh plus seven and a half. And I would also see uh, Jonathan Dwyer not having too bad of a game. Tampa Bay at Denver, Mike. This should be a fun game to watch. I I just love, I'm just kind of uh, enamored watching the Broncos, Broncos this year. I have to watch them like every week. I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously it's Peyton Manning, but it's, it's – I mean, I like Demarius Thomas. I like Eric Decker. I like rooting for the Broncos this year. But this is the, the – the other side game that I'm kind of watching here is this emergence now uh, of a, at least a – at least a, a a an emergency fill-in if you need it is Dallas Clark. He's actually become a pretty big part of Tampa yep. Bay's offense. He's facing up against Peyton Manning. Uh, who yep. do you think gets the better of that tight end battle this week, Jacob Tammy or Dallas Clark? I, I think it's going to be dead even. As a matter of fact, uh, Tampa Bay is hot right now. For those that aren't realizing this, Tampa Bay, they're in the they're in the fight of their lives to try to get into the playoffs. And these guys, they've been playing good, whether it's on the road or at home. And, uh, you know, their defense is much better than advertised. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious. It's going to be a fun game as far as your question about the tight ends. Uh, Tammy Clark, uh, Tammy's going to get the better end of that, probably, but by, by just a little. I'm going to go with 
Dallas Clark, man, I I I think it's just uh the Tammy experience is like off again, on again. You never know which one is going to be kind of like you said, you know, you, you don't know if it's going to be Dreesen or, or Tammy. And, and it's, there's no way for a fantasy player to predict that. And there's no real competition for Dallas Clark on that side of the ball. And I believe that you, with Champ Bailey locking up on, you know, uh, Vincent Jackson, I think Mike Williams will probably have a better day. And I think also Dallas Clark will have a pretty good day. I think Denver Rundy's pretty tough too against Doug Martin. So, I am seriously considering starting Dallas Clark over some big-name players this week. Just keep an eye on Dallas Clark this week. If you have him somewhere, might consider putting him in the lineup. Cincinnati at San Diego, Mike. I'll tell you what. I'm becoming a big Bengal fan. I I really like this team, Mike. I think they have uh, some potential, some sweeper potential in the real NFL playoffs, you know, regardless of fantasy. And, and let's face it, they have what's arguably the best wide receiver in the league in Adriel Jeremiah Green. So I'm a big Adriel Jeremiah fan, and, uh, you know, I like the Bengals. Well, and another thing that, uh, you know, they got Jermaine Gresham. They're throwing in different pieces. Cedric Fearman, I mean, they're throwing in different pieces that make them effective. San Diego, let's face it, that's it. I mean, they folded up quick. I mean, so I don't, I don't see anything happening with them except for Malcolm Floyd. I do like Malcolm Floyd in that uh, in that game. All right, duly noted. Philly at Dallas on Sunday night, Mike. You're gonna have another opportunity for Bryce Brown to do what he did for our for our new friend Corey Gardner, who has uh, Bryce Brown starting uh, on Sunday night. And then you have on the other side of the ball Dallas, who seem offensively to really get going now. And Des Bryant, there's no stopping this guy. He is a beast. Miles Austin is probably still out. And you have the return of DeMarco Murray, but I'm just not sure how much he's going to be used. Do you feel, you feel okay starting DeMarco Murray this week in a pinch? No way. No way. Uh, because they're going to be able to check down with uh, Witten uh, underneath. Uh, I expect a huge game out of Jason Witten, uh, and then they'll be able to open it up. What they're going to do is they're going to use the non-run and make Witten the run, and they're going to use Des Bryant as the long ball. Gotcha. I also, uh, I, I tell you what, I, I want to finish up the show with uh, back to uh, a couple of other players that I think you need to talk about. What a hot player Denario Alexander has been. He's been the focal point of the passing attack the past four games. Leads the team in receiving yardage over that span. He's a deep threat with three TDs over the last four. And facing the Bengals, which are top ten in pass defenses, and, and there is a little bit of an injury to Alexander. He suffered a thigh injury. So this week should be interesting. If Alexander is limited, he might lose those targets to Malcolm Floyd like you're talking about, Mike. So and Gates, I, you know, Gates has been just totally non-existent. But if he's healthy, he could perform well. My guess at this point is that he will play. I think he'll receive better pass covers than he did in the Tampa Bay and Denver games and perform similar to the outing against Baltimore. I, I think he's about 65, maybe a score, Mike. It's not going to be as big a game as we had expected. I like the kid, but, you know, these thigh injuries for wide receivers are not injury. Also, Torrey Smith has a thigh injury. And like I said, he only caught one pass last time against the Steelers. You might want to look elsewhere. Uh, Mike, I, I don't know. Last but not least, the surprising defense of the week. I love the Cowboys. I love the Cowboys. I think I think this is the week they get it on track at home against the Eagles. Foles doesn't know what he's doing back there. And I think they're really going to be able to focus on putting pressure on the quarterback. And I know you don't talk defenses, so I won't even ask you. But I, Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, 
you know, when I look at defenses, I'm looking at who's going to create turnovers, who's going to make things happen. Uh, to be honest with you, the Bengals, it wouldn't surprise me to see Cincinnati uh, do something on the defensive side. Oh, I love Adriel Jeremiah Green, man. I just love saying that name. <laughs> Adriel Jeremiah Green. Mike, it was fun. Good luck to you this weekend. You've got a lot of leagues going on. I've got a lot of leagues going on. Our listeners, the crew, the chat room, thank you for being here uh, on uh, on this fun Friday evening. And uh, you know what, Mike? You're going to have to check out the Toolbox podcast. We're going to start doing that. And we're also going to be launching Red versus Blue Daily Daily Red versus Blue show throughout the uh, the week after week 17. We've got our playoff contest coming up, Mike. We're only going to sell a couple of hundred teams. We're going to lock it after that point. And if we sell them out fast, oh. we might go ahead and start another one. But it's going to be fun. They're going to be six-team mini drafts, Mike. Six-man mini drafts. We're leaking it right here on Red versus Blue. Uh, a, a very fun concept that Emil and I uh, and the team came up with. We've done many mock scenarios. You're really going to come out of this draft feeling good about your team because there are 12 teams in the playoffs. It's going to be a $200 entry fee, 10 grand top prize. We're only going to limit it to a couple of hundred teams. And you're going to be able to win your money back in against your league every week. So it's not just for the overall. You're playing against those five other guys that you drafted against, and you're winning a weekly prize every single week that you play if you're the highest-scoring team in the league. So it should be fun. going to be, a, gonna be a, a, a something new for the fantasy playoffs. We're, we've all been kind of used to the, the pick em contest, but we're going to have something new uh, for everybody this year to uh, take advantage of. So we will start posting links to that. We'll send out emails. If you want to get in on our email list, make sure you go to FFWC or just shoot me an email. I can add you at any time uh, in a matter of seconds. So we'll, uh, we'll make sure you keep up to date. The newsletters, I posted it in the chat room. People have been really liking the newsletter. Mike, check out the newsletter this week. It's the Bryce Brown Week 13 newsletter. So hope you all uh, enjoy that. And Roto Bowl, finally, Roto Bowl is into their second week. And, Mike, I'll tell you, just real quick, on the Roto Bowl, they played those uh, – the first week of the playoffs was last week, and we advanced six teams. Okay? Nice. We put six teams into the playoffs, uh, into the league playoffs. And the funny thing was, I went ahead league by league. Get this. Four seeds defeated five seeds 16 times. Five seeds upset four seeds 16 times. We got 32 leagues there. And then that's, that's, you, have, you have the three-six game. Get this. The three seed defeated the six seed 14 times, while the six seed upset the three seed 18 times. So wow. it kind of goes to show you this year was the year the six seeds moving on and the sixes are moving on to face the two seeds this week. So they get kind of a break. The one seeds are taking on the four win five winner. The two seed takes on the three six winner. So should be fun for Rotable. A lot of money on that line. And uh, so check out the newsletter. You'll get to keep up to date with all the FFWC action, Mike. Time to go. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. You enjoy yours. I'll enjoy mine. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Good day. Take care of yourself, buddy. All right, you too, Scott. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.